I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach, and today we have Bharti with us. Now this is the second podcast that we are doing, and the second part. Make sure you listen to the first part because in the first part we are talking about expressive arts and how you can use that in a way of understanding your emotions, understanding who you are, and using that as therapy. Today we are going to be focusing on primarily on the dance therapy aspect. Enjoy. So now I can immediately see creative people jumping on this, and mm. the, the creative people immediately yeah. vibing with this, saying yeah. that yeah. Yeah. Now you have someone who's completely logical, who yeah. does not look at this mm-hmm. format. How do you bridge that gap? Have you worked with people like this? Like, which ones so, are easier yeah, to work yeah. with? So when we were initially practicing before we were certified as practitioners, we were asked to work with our family members. Hmm. Usually, you don't do therapy practice with your family members. Correct. But we were asked to do like a creative exploration. Oh, that would have been fun. It was fun, <laughs> and then it came to my father-in-law, who is somebody who is a perfectionist. So he wants things in a certain way, and also the, you know, that time you come from a certain mindset. So for them, for me, that was a big challenge because he wanted to do everything like an activity. Like for example, you a teacher tells you a child do this, they finish. Okay, I'm done. For them to open up to an experience that there can be more to just doing coloring or coloring a shape or writing something, that took me a lot of sessions to kind of come to that space where it's okay if there is nothing, mm. where it's okay if you don't do anything, where it's okay if it's just a conversation. I'm here to listen to you. Hmm. So what happens in practice is not about me. It's about you. So when it's about you, I've already dropped that, you know, that inhibition or that wall. And I'm here to embrace you and reach out to you as you are. Hmm. So when you're working with people who have a very rigid mindset, you kind of have to take it slow with them. You have to kind of hold their hand and literally spoon feed and say, okay, today we'll just do this much. And okay, what is it to you beyond what you've created? Hmm. Is there more? Or they say, no, there is nothing. I feel I can see only red and there's red and I this love it. This is what it is. This is that as much. It's fine. Hmm. In fact, there is a beautiful a practitioner from UK who had written this article and she was a movement practitioner. She said that she worked with somebody who had dementia. Okay. Okay. And what she had to do was that there was an old man and she would go meet him every day. And for I think for five months or something, they did not have any conversation. They would just go for a walk and come back. Hmm walk and come back and while you're walking you're seeing so many things maybe the practitioner might kind of initiate a conversation but maybe your participant or your uh, you know person who's the patient you're working with does not want to talk about it Mm. I think after a year of just walking and not talking just walking there came a point when this the time was done and she said okay now you know I think we've enough and that is the time that man actually got up and gave her a hug and said thank you because that just that walk the simple thing simple movement of you know walking with someone created so much of peace and learning for him that he finally started conversing and finally started speaking what he really felt mm. so the work is all about being patient and also being patient with yourself being gentle being kind and these are the words we say but in this practice we actually put it to use interesting so i'm not just saying okay be kind be gentle be compassionate because I am also as a human have my own challenges. So it helps me to work on my own challenges. Also, can I make that space for others? Correct. 
and when i do it for others it opens up a way for me also and i say if i can be compassionate to others why can't i be for myself that's so powerful very powerful right and also like for example many people are afraid of judgment now as a therapist you have to put judgment aside and yeah. but other people don't see that as something yeah. that you're going to be able to do because they yeah. can't do it in their life yeah. right so yeah. putting judgment aside learning yeah. that true it true. is this moment that yeah. we're working on yeah. together i think it's all about easing into it hmm. so for example me coming in this space with you and you also kind of easing me into making it comfortable making it that okay i can sit and i can share whatever i have come with so i feel like the process is one thing at a time mm. one thing at a time slowing down really looking at it really giving that time to yourself which is difficult yeah. especially when we live in metropolitan cities and we have so much to do and we're doing so much but that's what's so it's such a internal process that i cannot even say that okay you know we did this and it got fixed because i'm saying that we're not fixing anyone hmm. and we'll never know when it got fixed if it did yeah and I'm, as practitioner we're never saying you, you know okay this is your problem we'll give you a solution hmm. we are not giving you any solution we are actually making you you know enabling you to realize that you can actually overcome or you can move through whatever that is holding you back interesting arts are going to support that for you hmm. and you will enjoy it because you will be in playful nature you know you will come to a way that oh i can open up so much more i can really dive into my compassion i can really dive into my honesty i can be who i am i do not need to be judged for how i look my weight you know where i come from so these are the things that really are the reasons that we are not able to sometimes be who we are yeah. Losing also, yourself in that moment, and also we're playing so many different roles. Mm. So you're going to different spaces. You suddenly realize you have to play a different role, and then you kind of change that, and you talk in a different way. So that is what if we can find a way that courage to carry that authenticity in our lives, in our daily lives, that will really open up in a lot of ways our relationship, the way we look at work, the way we meet people, the way we are, and I feel that is so powerful. even if just three words the way we are is so pow- powerful in the way we're kind of putting it out there yeah absolutely beautiful what you said because this is it hits it on the head you absolutely. know when yeah. when we're talking about it on losing yourself understanding that you're mm-hmm. not this yeah the image that you've created for yourself yeah, yeah. right and that we get so yeah. caught up in that image mm-hmm. that we forget the person that is there behind we forget all of those aspects of yeah. of of life yeah so art therapy mm-hmm. okay now what are things that adults who are listening to this can do with art therapy at home so so just like to art therapy and expressive arts is very different okay the whole module of art therapy is very different and i don't want to go into it because i'm not in that space but what people can do in expressive arts expressive that we art. say mm-hmm. is if wherever they are and whatever resources they have in their home it could be just sheet of paper it could be a pen their favorite pen with which has the favorite color or it could be just simple things like what i was talking about in my kitchen that i found hmm. like the spices and whatever it could be i feel that resources are there all around us it could be going in nature taking a walk it could be actually going to a retreat it could be going to a jungle for a walk and you know walking bare feet it could be anything but it has to be something that really really invites them into that moment so for example i feel if somebody is at home right now and not feeling good about themselves and not feeling that you know they are capable of doing anything i really encourage them to you know just maybe take a sheet of paper take a color and kind of just scribble through it tear up people hmm. get up and move move your limbs walk in space shake it all up you know maybe sing a song out loud maybe play your favorite music and move through it but yes i am aware that it's not that simple especially when you're going through it in that moment so the best thing that i can say is please allow it 
know that that is also happening to you that negativity is part of you but that's not whole yeah. that's not you there is a positive side to you there is something that really inspires you there's something that makes you who you are so you need to hold on to that and let that consume you mm. but make space because that negativity is not going anywhere so allow it to be there and i feel like that's been my learning in the last few months you know of really doing this work with different people with mothers with children with neurodiverse you know adults and i feel that there's so much in such simple ways but we're not able to see it it's like i uh, so i practice buddhism and my my mentor says that you cannot see your own eyelashes so your faith is like that but it's there right i can't see it till i look in the mirror hmm. but it's it exists and no matter how hard i try i can't see it and that's how it should be so art is very powerful if we go back to history also everything was art correct people wanted to express through dancing singing playing instruments but that was just okay something for entertainment but when we come into therapy when we come into creative exploration we kind of break that hmm. we open up we unfold it in ways that we can't imagine we're going to take a quick break see you on the other side Welcome back. All right, let's jump into the conversation. How can parents hold space for their children with art? Because I'm thinking that yeah. you know very often you not drawn this line straight. Yeah. You not colored inside mm-hmm. this. Like uh, it so, will... yeah. So I feel like like for parents, I think the first thing they need to understand is not criticizing okay. and not trying to correct or compare because that kind of drops a lot for a child in terms of you know showing up as what they are feeling or if you know they like something in a different way. You do not need to tell a child the sun is yellow. let them figure it out let them say maybe it is a different shade of yellow that they are feeling it so there's a beautiful uh, very important technique i would say that we do in movement therapy that is mirroring okay and mirroring is a beautiful way to empathize with someone you know because what happens is that if you're moving and i'm moving with you and i'm doing exactly what you're doing i kind of open up the space to know that without saying something i can still understand you hmm. i can reach you i can hear you i can feel you and that becomes a beautiful conversation between you and me yeah i do not need to say anything but you'll realize in that moment we have connected in a way that is very fundamental hmm. i cannot say okay now we're great friends we're best of friends so for parents and children i feel if they can understand empathy in that way so maybe they can move with like you know you hold hands and you kind of dance together how joyful that is so it's these are simple things but we've forgotten that because we're busy doing the things that is out there in the world hmm. so a child is doing so many activities dance class music class this class that class so they are forgetting a lot of like how do i live and experience that and that process of parents i feel like if they can maybe draw with the children if they can dance with the children if they can listen to the music that the child wants to and kind of you know find a way to okay let's see how we can kind of build something with enjoy this. baby shark instead of being yeah, upset with baby shark exactly <laughs> so i feel like we're we're so upset with things that the way not the way we want them it to be so hmm. we want the child also to be like that and i feel that is i'm not a mother yet hmm. but because of this practice and learning and spirituality i feel like there's so much that i need to embrace about myself rather than telling somebody what else to do hmm. for a child they have to become their own person i can guide correct i don't need to tell them what to do no and and art plays such an important role in a child's life exactly and if we are not supportive of it we are also in some way continuing and passing down trauma to them absolutely so i feel like that art is a beautiful way to kind of help any child to find their own expression mm-hmm. it could be writing a lot of people connect to journaling 
a lot of people connect so every form is art correct your dear diaries and all of yeah, that yeah, even yeah. In, even yeah. in older children yeah exactly and i feel like a lot of like today especially when i was working during lockdown we were doing a lot of online session which was a new thing for us also because as practitioners we were like this work is so like in person yeah how are you going to do this how do you do it on zoom hmm. but really that helped us to open our imagination and zoom kind of you know thanks to zoom it had all lots of techniques to kind of find ways to connect mm. and that became very interesting those boxes became very interesting that how do we really reach out through our boxes in our own creative ways and people were empathetic they, there were tears there was so much that people kind of you know could express they would show their art they would move they would sing and it was lovely mm. so i feel like it's art is all around us all the time i feel like the best way is nature you really go in nature if we just like remove our shoes and walk in the grass we'll love it yeah we'll enjoy it it's that simple you know i i often say this that um you know when we look at michelangelo's work yeah. or when you look at you know raphael's art art yeah we always think of it as beautiful mm-hmm. but we're still looking into the mind of a human human yeah when we go out into nature yeah. we're looking into the mind of Yeah. God the universe whatever it is that you want to talk about it is so much hmm. more complex than what is going on in our so mind when we think about just something that a person yeah. is designed i think that so that creation part is so critical and it breaks you know from looking everything as beautiful so when i was doing contemplative photography i would see a rock hmm. a brown rock but maybe i would just want to like pay attention to the texture of it and that was very interesting and i was like it's not about beauty yeah it's not only be gorgeous it's not unidimensional it's something that is there it's holding this it's part of this big wall hmm. so it is meaningful it's just like that so that's how you and me are you know we're part of this whole big wall yeah. we all have our own you know textures and patterns and behavior and we are still very very important so true like you will see a leaf one person will see a beautiful leaf yeah one person like my dad might see the physics of the leaf yeah. on on capillary action taking place mm-hmm. i might look at the chemistry of the leaf and the photosynthesis and the formation of glucose yeah yeah right yeah. somebody might look at biology and the way that yeah. so it's the very thing that i'm taking away from that one mm-hmm. element that mm-hmm. is there have i got this right yes yes absolutely so again like i said that if i'm telling you that it's all about your experience that means i'm not adding my own judgment Mm. my own opinions on you i'm not telling you what you should do can't you see it's beautiful you're thinking about capillary action so <laughs> it's not that then what happens when parents start doing that with children when they let them be mm. and have their own experience that's going to help them build that connection that bond that trust mm. oh i can be my own person oh this is my safe space i can share honestly what i feel so i don't need to lie if this doesn't look good to me because it looks good to my parent i'm not seeking approval yeah so that's why we break the validation the thing is that this was not our conditioning back then mm. our parents did the best they understood but today because we've opened up our minds to so much more and we're like standing up for the self finding our own identity talking about self love talking about you know how can we kind of overcome the self doubt and really be unique we need these practices we need these spaces to make us feel supported interesting right that yeah. creating this yeah yeah hmm. because the work is so honest there is no point that you know any practitioner i can vouch for it that they will be putting up an act to do something which makes you feel good because it's not about that i am hmm. not here to make you feel good you will feel good on your own so dance therapy hmm. okay now hmm. the others were taking pictures drawing yeah. now this is full body movements yeah. and what yeah. is dance therapy So if I have to define it it's a psychotherapy practice it's basically called a psychotherapy which is something that 
enables you in a way that you can like you said somatic that kind of brings your emotional spiritual physical all integrated together through dance through dance how and so for example like you know when when we're talking about dance movement therapy there are a lot of populations that that modality has been used especially people with uh, you know dealing with dementia depression anxiety and what like you spoke about cathartic so the beautiful thing when we go through something it's all stored in the body mm. you know when we people say that oh i got this illness it's not happened today it's kind of you know built from the time maybe whatever as you were a teenager or you went through your own trauma there was a lot of emotional stress that you went through and everything kind of gets stored in your body so what dance and movement does is it kind of like i said the when we are moving together or when we're just moving or we're kind of finding ways to connect through different elements and use those metaphors as a way of moving they ignite all those things within us that are kind of stored and they kind of start coming out they surfacing so it could be your emotional trauma that you're going through and then when you start kind of becoming aware of it you realize okay this is very like there's something very interesting people who go through depression mm-hmm. if you'll notice they really like to sit and lie down all the time mm-hmm. they don't like to stand up move a lot so what happens in movement you kind of take them in a process of vertical right where you make them stand where you make them uh, move around in space you can kind of you know help them to go in different directions so what happens is you're breaking their pattern you're lifting them up and through that process of non verbal that's why we call it a non verbal because sometimes words are not enough to share what you're really feeling and dance movement therapy plays a huge role in non verbal expression mm. it says that movement even like you and me are talking i'm using my hand as a gesture the way we're sitting there's a form to it movement kind of is a way that is constantly with you so in your thought like i said this movement within us correct so when dance when we look at dance movement therapy it is basically a psychotherapy practice which kind of you know how do you, how do i say expand your experience into how you feel emotionally physically spiritually mentally so what would a session look like is it like you play music and everyone uh, dancing no, is it like no. you giving cues like your water your fire your this so that happens okay. definitely we use metaphors mm. as a way to kind of you know help them connect to if i want them to kind of take them in imagination of an element maybe i can say maybe what if imagine you are water mm. and then you know you find so there'll be a movement to that right if i'm water i will feel a certain way and how i perceive water my movement will kind of show up mm. like that and that is a that's on the surface level that we are saying and we look at it but when we kind of start moving with that element we start embodying so the practice is all a lot about embodying hmm. so when you embodying so if i feel sad it's very natural my shoulders tend to slouch my body kind of drops my head drops i feel like but the moment i am joyful there's a different energy so the energy shifts right so when i move what happens my energy shifts so if i want to sit and i stand up there's a change in my energy hmm. You say, open your eyes as a change in mind. Close your eyes as a change in my energy, and that's what happens because emotions are stored in our body. So the movement is always expressing that, and that's how that whole process becomes very powerful. Hmm. It becomes cathartic. It becomes like I'm releasing something from my body. I'm letting go, or I'm dropping the energy. I'm dropping this weight that I'm carrying of my emotions with me, and that's how the dance movement becomes a powerful tool. And I can say that when I didn't look at it as therapy, when I was a dancer, when I used to do choreographies, it was a different energy. I'm performing. I'm a performer. I'm looking at it like people are looking at me. I should look good. You know, the step has to be right. The technique. Am I holding myself well? When I moved into this practice, it was all about just. how i am in this moment mm. how am i feeling in this moment what is it that really is making me feel more alive so maybe 
let's say tree is something that I kind of connect with. Can I find a way to embody a tree? And what happens? So then there could be things that can surface. Then there could be things that make me realize something. Mm. Then I could even find inspiration. I could find creative understanding. I could have a realization. Or I could really relive what something has been stored that I was not aware of. And I feel like, oh, I never looked at it like this. My perspective changed, you know. If I'm trying to embody a tree, a tree is not moving anywhere. It's just right there. Mm. But still so Am much. I still rooted? Am I not rooted? Am so rooted? many things come yeah. up. Yeah. So absolutely, like beautifully, you said that there are elements. We use elements. Mm. We use mirroring. So these are the few exercises that are very powerful in the process. Mm. And there were a lot of uh, these practitioners back then who were actually dancers. Mm. And how they decided to move into this space of dance movement therapy and how they use their practices. You know, some use metaphors, some use th- these different writing in a way to kind of use movement and how they use their own. So as a practitioner, everybody will have something different that they offer. Correct. Which is them, Yeah. which they carry and how they shape the whole process for you the experience changes dramatically experience changes. Mm. so it's the dynamics the energy I bring my experience my understanding my awareness mm. that's how dance movement therapy has so widely known outside because people are really being able to like people with dementia people with Alzheimer are able who can't really move or sitting on chairs and you know they're enjoying they're de-stressing they're able to remember things mm. they're able to you know feel that okay even if I'm in this situation, I'm not hopeless. Yeah. My existence still matters. I can move. And if we know when, like for example, we go to health, if we know we cannot get out of bed, we feel really defeated. We feel discouraged. But the moment we know we can move today, like you can do your workout or you can, you know, go for a walk, you will instantly feel like, okay, I good could about do it. something. You could do something. Mm. It would be that simple. So dance movement therapy, again, The processes are so different every time, each time you are in that session. And it's very goal-oriented, like I mentioned earlier also. These modalities are very goal-oriented and they're very resource-oriented. So Mm. there is no solution here. But there is an experience. Correct. And that unfolds into whether you feel good, whether something that was bothering you got okay Mm. or not. So, for example, when I understand dance therapy, it is about coming and seeing what's coming up, seeing what you're letting go of. So there is definitely a structure Hmm. like when you there's always like we kind of do these opening rituals where we kind of you know ice breaking exercises Hmm. we do it in a circle and there's a reason we have a circle so everybody can see everyone Hmm. right it's inclusive Hmm. so we do this then we kind of move into again we'll kind of move into a process of okay let's say let's connect to a metaphor and we kind of do into movement and then we will come back to a sharing circle where we will talk about it. That okay, this happened to me when I was feeling like water. Now actually felt like water moving through me, mm. and then I realized, yeah, seventy percent of my body is water, yeah. Mm. And then I realized, okay, how am I carrying that? Today I feel like an iceberg. Yeah, mm. and see, that becomes so interesting, and you'll feel like, oh, I feel like iceberg. Okay, what color are you? Mm. Okay, how does that feel? Are you soft? Are you hard? Or what is it? Are you heavy? Mm. And that'll be so interesting for you. There are people who come and say, I don't like answering so many questions. Why do you keep asking me so many questions? (laughs) How cold are you? Are you really cold? No, I think I'm melting. (laughs) So, you know, like you're melting into it. And then we kind of find a way to kind of close it. Because Mm. closing something, closing a ritual or closing that session is very essential. Mm. Because there's something that you're taking back. And you need to solidify it. And then because you don't know what, you know, process in the next few days, how you're going to feel about it. So that's why they say that it's a process. You're not reaching any destination. Don't worry about it. Mm. Don't worry about where you're going. Just be present for it. Yeah, I think 
So yeah. what are the things that you're doing currently with it? I, is, is this a one-on-one thing? No. Are there workshops? Sure. Are there like classes? How does it work? So basically, I have my own startup in the name of Ida. Okay. Ida means insight. So it's a Sanskrit word. And this I had initiated in 2012 when I wanted to take dance as in a spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, integration. Uh, but then again, there was a gap because I kind of changed my field of work and all of that. And now I've restarted in 2020 mm-hmm. since the whole... And right now, the process is basically doing online sessions. But now, because everything is open up, I'm doing more in collaboration with different organizations, like working in mothers, working in an NGO. And mostly doing one-on-ones are mostly online. Mm -hmm. If somebody is really keen on doing in-person, then, you know, because I don't have a studio space of my own, we kind of hire spaces and kind of do that session. And right now, I'm building on an online course also. So I that, saw you did something Soho House as well yeah. yeah so I got an opportunity to work with Soho House employees employees so that was fun hmm. because you know they are always but the beauty of that is Soho House is very inclusive correct so their work culture is the nature of work is very like okay you very inclusive open so they were very open to new things hmm. and they were open to kind of stepping into it also the challenge is a lot of people are not open to stepping into it hmm. the moment you say therapy the stigma is oh something oh, is wrong with correct. me correct nothing's wrong with me why are you calling me therapy huh? exactly so we also kind of struggle as practitioners in a very honest way to kind of invite people into say this is a creative exploration safe space come and experience it hmm. But the challenge is not to make it one, you know, one-offs. Mm. Like, okay, I do it one time. It's like a process. So I am working with few people who I've been working with for a while, like building. They are going through their own challenges. So like. So if I want to do this, how do I join? So you can either uh, do a workshop mm. that keeps happening every month. There are one or two workshops that happen in collaboration, or we can always connect one-on-one. We can kind of create a group. We can do it with an organization. You have an organization, so you want to do it with your team of people. Like that. So that's how it's been working right now. Yeah. And how do people find out about the workshops so, and where, where do people reach so out Instagram to you? Instagram is there. Definitely have, uh, you know, ida.one is the handle is there. I also have my website. So all the information is available. And I think what I build it, uh, like the, the way I build the whole thing was I did a lot of live sessions during lockdown. That's mm-hmm. what we all were doing. Correct. And I invited a lot of people. So I did not do like a podcast, but I definitely did a lot of live sessions where I invited doctors and mental health practitioners, actors who don't understand creative exploration in this way hmm. so yeah that's Actually, how podcasting can also become a creative expression Abs- huh? absolutely. Like absolutely so many people say yeah yeah I want a lot to, I have a lot to say I'm going to talk yeah a lot hmm. of people like like I'm a person who likes to listen to a lot of podcasts hmm. so like that audio is really like keeps me going it keeps me engaged because sometimes I don't want to like read Correct. so I feel it's a, it's a beautiful way in fact to kind of uplift and motivate and kind of you know yeah. talk about it brilliant last question yeah Not as a therapy, Mm -hmm. but how can I use dance at home to change mood, Mm -hmm. to express? How do I get a little bit more comfortable with So, yeah, that's very important because a lot of people are not very comfortable with movement. And whenever you say dance, they look at it as a structure. Mm. Put off the light, then I will dance. I need alcohol to dance. Mm -hmm. There's so many stigmas around it, right? So many stigmas. Or maybe I put a song that I need to know the hook step of it. Hmm. I need to learn that. I may say what I do. And very simple. I put on a song that I really like and I just find a way to move with the rhythm of it. So, for example, it's the sound of it. And I, I, I find a way, okay, how is my body? So, maybe to make it simplify, it could be, okay, how am I, you know, hands moving with this music? Okay, my shoulders. Okay, my chest. Okay, my hip. Okay, my legs. Okay, my head. And I find a way, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, I can move this way. I can, you know, so shake my head or really shake up your body or sometimes even roll on the floor. Hmm could be that simple and 
why I keep going back to simple is because it is very simple. But I'm com- very we complicated by thinking that there's something more that I need to do. Hmm. So if you are feeling a little low. Please don't first of all listen to a sad song because that again will. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I don't know what nutcases <laughs> listen to only sad songs when they are sad. Yeah. Like no, listen to happy songs when yeah. you're sad. Yeah. So maybe if you want to change the energy, maybe put something that will pep you up yeah. a little. I'm not saying again that it's easy that I'm feeling sad and suddenly sad, but you can try to kind of find a way to not listen to something that makes you more sad. Correct. When you've just had a breakup, don't yeah. listen to romantic songs, yeah. please. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like do something that will support your experience, that will uplift you. Correct. So if you have a spiritual practice, do that. Hmm. If you want to move, and if you really just walk in your house, maybe let's start with that. Okay, I'll walk in my house and change the pace of your walk. Hmm. You know, like say, okay, I'm going to walk slow, fast, and find a way. And I think everyone connects to music in different ways. So there are so many different music today we have. Like the platform is huge. Huge. So just pick something and see if what you feel like doing with it. And honestly, people when they're alone, they can really do a lot when they play music. Even they feel they can't move. Yeah, I remember this one moment. I'd love to share this with yeah. you and the listeners, because I don't think I have. I was at the lowest, lowest, lowest point in my life. Just mm-hmm. like everything seems so bleak. Didn't want to continue with this life. Yeah. yeah. And one song came on YouTube just randomly. Mm-hmm. Okay, probably it was VH1 at that, yeah. that, yeah, at that yeah. point of time. Yeah. It was called Gold Spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, it just made me want to move. And I was yeah. dancing for half an hour with that song on repeat. Yeah. Just getting all those emotions and feelings yeah. and everything out. It was the most cathartic experience. Yeah, absolutely. At, at that point of time. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, like a lot of time I tell people, okay, let's just start jumping. Mm. Let's jump. And then you feel that elevation, you know, that you're jumping and you realize, oh, okay, there's so much that I, in that moment, I kind of like let loose. Yeah. So letting loose is also a big challenge. A lot of people are not very comfortable with their body. Mm. So if you're not comfortable with your body, it's okay. That's not a problem. So please, whoever is listening to this, don't think that, you know, you have a problem. I need to lose weight in order to dance. No, you can just wriggle your nose also if you want. Nothing. Yeah. Correct. You can yeah, dance yeah. with your nose, just move it up and down. That is yeah. also You can even make faces and kind of, you know, like have your... So I'm just saying it can be as dramatic as you want it to be. Mm. But let's remove judgment. That am I, I'm fat, I'm not fat, I'm thin, I'm too thin. You know, I can't have two left feet. Nothing so like important. That. Yeah, yeah, get rid yeah. of the judgment. And it's easy said than done because we all are in the process. But I feel like baby steps, hmm. one day at a time. I think that is what my learning has been because it's not like even as a practitioner, it's been easy to kind of feel very uplifted every day. Correct. So I think that is my practice, one day at a time, baby steps. Baby steps, yes. lovely. Yes. And this is also your first podcast. So baby yes. steps into the world of <laughs> yes. podcasting. Thank you so much, Ashley. And thank you so much for coming on the no, podcast. Absolutely. I'm so happy. How can people get in touch with you? How can people communicate? So, definitely through uh, Instagram. All the information, my handle, my personal Instagram is also like open to public. And can you tell uh, us the yeah, Instagram so, handle? So my personal is Bharti underscore K. And for my work is Ida.oneness. So they can reach out. My website is www.ida.in. So they can reach out on that also. Perfect. Fantastic. Very reachable. <laughs> Very reachable. Thank you so much for Thank coming on the Habit so Coach much. Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely loved it. Thank you. Yay.